Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Having a terrible week? Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Redman. Jacob, how you doing on this fine morning? I'm doing good, Zach. Uh, you know, just like the Earth King, I also forgot how public going on public transportation is. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like such a big shock to go like on a train and be around people. I, I really related to the Earth King, which is probably the first and only time I will say that because this is like the least relatable character. Yeah. yeah, it's weird because the Earth King, he's obviously born into this royalty position and he does not know too much about the going on, goings ons of Ba Sing Sing. Uh, yeah. Or he, not. He's like oh, totally continue. lost. He's got no clue what's going on. Uh, and like, so it's a hundred year war so far. Like, I don't know. He's no older than like 40, right? Yeah, yeah, he's not older than 40, and yet he has never heard of this war. Long Fang does a good job of keeping him in the dark, but if I'm him, I, w- I would get so curious after a certain point. Like, you're the king, you have some power, like, why not explore the town? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, it seems kind of nice, you know, parties get thrown at your house, you get whatever you want, like, you know, like... I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. That. I suppose, but I would get tired of the parties after a certain point. Yeah. But anyways, we could just jump right into the episode <laughs> rather than debate about the Earth King and his parties. No, I think it's great that we're starting off saying like, uh, no, actually, I think a, the, a life where you get every single thing you want is actually not good. <laughs> True. I, I should have been just, just to summarize your points clearly. You don't want to have everything. Hmm, maybe, yeah, you're, you're spitting facts. Maybe I should not, or I should be envying the Earth King, I, honestly. I, I do think that this always, like, comes up in, like, I don't know, it feels like the, the Twilight Zone, or, like, probably an episode of Black Mirror, I can't remember, where it's like, you get everything you want, and then, like, you're so miserable the whole time. You're so, still wanting more. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's actually, like, uh, pretty bad, but sounds pretty nice. Um, anyway, yeah, this is, this is the Earth King. This episode really just felt like a bunch of setup for the weeks ahead. Like we get two more episodes in this season that will cover the next two weeks. And those are both super exciting. And as I think about them, especially like the finale with the Crossroads of Destiny is so great. And this episode just kind of felt like a holding pattern where it's like, yeah, well, we have to do a few little setup things for the finale to make sense. And so like, there you go. That's your episode. Uh, Zach, is that like your impression as well? Yes, I completely agree with what you're saying. It just felt like a lot of setup, a lot of exposition, which can make for a decent episode. But this is one of those episodes on a rewatch where I'm kind of like, eh, 
You know what I mean? It's like, it's not that I I actually much preferred Lake Laogai last week than this week's episode. I don't know what the audience, uh, if they agree, but I don't know what they're thinking. But yeah, I much preferred last week's episode. Because then besides for the big action sequence we get at the beginning of this episode, there's not much action. It's mostly just set up and dialogue and all that. So yeah, the action sequence in the beginning is pretty cool. Uh, I was actually, I was a big fan of that action sequence. But then, yeah, once you get past that it's like you know a lot of like oh the earth king doesn't know what we've already known and like he's gonna figure it out and it's like yeah um it it was fine and then i think like at the end you have lots of interesting things that like start happening like you have like you know Toph getting captured you've got azula posing as the guards like both very cool things that are good for the story but yeah it just took a while to get there yeah, they also happen in, like, the last, like, minute of the episode, so. <laughs> yeah, I think this yeah. is an episode where, like, you want to watch the next one because you're like, oh, yeah, this was just set up for, like, the badass stuff that's happening next week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, should we dive right into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cute. So, like, they uh, Team Avatar is going to go on to, uh, I guess, somewhere off Lake Laogai. They're all, like, on some small little island, uh, and... Aang is just so happy to be back with Appa. Uh, like, just so excited. And seeing that reunion and seeing him just, like, hug him and be so, like, happy to be there warm my warm my heart a little bit. Yeah, it made me think of that song, like, reunited and it feels so good. You know that song? Uh, yeah, yeah. Your, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, your version uh, was great as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, they they should have they should have played that in the background. Um, had like a chorus of Judy's in the background singing, <laughs> like, perfect <laughs> harmony. Oh, that would have been dope. It would have been creepy, loved that. but yeah, Ugh. um, yeah. So then they're getting back. Uh, you know, Aang's like obviously just happy to be there. Sokka's like getting right to business. Sokka's like, all right, it's time. You know, we have Appa. Uh, we just beat the Dai Li. It's time to go to the Earth King. And after that, he says we're on a roll, which is funny because when I heard that, I was like, are you like you like, I'm not sure it's a roll if one thing goes your way. Like, and I think Katara says it like pretty well here. Like, no, like one good hour is not uh, like a roll after you've had like weeks. Um, yeah. I no, know. you're right. You're right. They, they like, I mean, Appa got stolen from them. Like they had a lot go wrong here. So just because they got Appa back doesn't mean they should be jumping right into the thick of things again. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I don't think that Sokka understands like what a run of good luck is. If he's like, oh, one good thing happened. Uh, I guess it's, I guess it's working <laughs> out for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sokka doesn't understand some basic concepts, but hey, he's also a pretty good tactician, so it works out. He's got his pros and cons. No, that's definitely true. He's a good tactician, but I would not trust him to give me betting advice at a casino. He's like, oh no, you're <laughs> on a roll. Like, it's obviously going to be black. It was black last time, like playing roulette or something. Or he's like, oh no, I counted the cards. It's going to be blackjack. I would not, I would not trust him. Yeah, I don't think I'll trust Sokka with any gambling advice either. Oh, you know who I should have trusted? I should have trusted you on the Super Bowl. I remember you told me right before our podcast, you were like, bet on the Bucks spread. And then the Bucks ended up winning. So would you look at that? I should have taken your betting advice. There you go. You know, who knew that it was a sports gambling podcast with, uh, you know, news coming out <laughs> five months late. But yeah, I did tell that that was my pick. And I, I bet yeah. it myself. So, you know, I actually, uh, I made like what, 25 bucks. 
It was nice. good. Nice. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a big paycheck. Yeah. 25 bucks. I mean, better, better than, uh, what Sokka would be getting you with his advice. Yeah. He'd be like, uh, yeah, he'd be like betting all the prop bets, like thinking that like, he's like, <laughs> Oh no, it's definitely going to happen that someone's going to do a cartwheel like in the halftime show and the first play is going to be a pass. Like that's who's going to win the coin toss exactly, and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then, like, they're, they're arguing back and forth whether they're gonna do this. Um, that, like, Qatar is pretty, uh, opposed to it, saying, like, no, we can't go back. Like, the Dai Li's in control of the city. We should just, like, dip. Uh, Toph's on board, uh, because Toph has seen enough of Ba Sing Se and she can't even see. Um, I, <laughs> what do you feel about this blind joke? Like, this one felt like a little stock. I feel like the other ones, especially the one where she puts her hands over her face, was, like, so much better. Yeah, this one's kind of a throwaway joke. It still made me chuckle, though. I'll yeah. be honest. That's, I don't mind. I kind of like, like when Toph's making the blind jokes, it doesn't feel that bad. But I remember, I think it was the chase where Katara like makes a blind joke and you're kind of, and it was like kind of in poor taste. And I was like, ooh, uh, that's not that good. But yeah. when Toph's the one making the jokes, I think it's always quite funny. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So then, so she's, uh, like seen too much and yeah. They're now Aang is on Sokka's side because they have Appa, so they're just going to be able to go in. And it does seem like they're like, all right, Katara comes around to it and it's like, fine, we can go in. Uh, and this is not what I expected. So, like, they see the Dai Li in the distance. They decide to fly away. Uh, when they get to the Earth King's, like, palace, it's like a full-on war. Like, they are throwing everything they have to stop these people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for, I forgot about this whole fight sequence, to be honest. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, they, they just, it's, it's a full on war. They're throwing surface to air rocks is the term they use at them. Just chucking catapulted rocks at them right away to start. And man, we're getting just right into this battle right in the episode. Yeah, I think it's cool. Um, because, you know, the Earth Kingdom is, you know, typically on what I would consider the good side of this. And so you wouldn't see like, you know, Aang fight Earthbenders obviously did at the beginning of season two in the first episode. Um, but like, you don't really see that Earth, like water or Earth air interaction because it's usually like the Earth Kingdom is going up against the Fire Nation. And so it was kind of cool here that like, you know, you saw the Earth bending, um, you saw like what these people were capable of. And then you saw Toph, who is like orders of magnitude better. Like, she's literally crushing people left and right. It's so impressive. Zach, does anything stand out from Toph's fighting? Yeah, at one point, and I'm skipping ahead here. For, well, first, Aang takes out, like, 50 soldiers right away. Yes. He, like, incapacitates a bunch of people. But then Toph, when they get to, when they're, like, in front of the Earth King's door, she, like, shoots up. There's, like, 20 Earthbenders, and she shoots, like, a bunch of pillars out the ground and takes out all of them, all while, like, arguing with Sokka about something. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was crazy. That was pretty impressive. Like, that's after they've already made it into the, like, you know, inside yeah. the palace. And she, like, takes all of the ground against other earthbenders and like all at the same time, like pins them up against the wall. Um, I think my most impressive tough moment in this fight is as they're running up the stairs, they finally get to the palace. Uh, and like they, there are maybe, I don't know, like a hundred earthbenders running down the stairs and Toph just like decides to make it a, a, a shoot instead of a, a staircase. And like, they all go down and fly down. It was, it was a pretty cool move. Yeah, and then Katara, we can't forget about her because she goes off this fight too. At one point, she jumps off a ramp of ice 
like 10 feet in the air. And then she water whips a bunch of soldiers into the water below before freezing all of them. So Katar just showing off those that vertical leap that we talked about in season one, where she'd be averaging 40 in the WNBA because she's got hops. Yeah, easily. Um, and it's so funny, like, as she's taking people out at one point, she, like, hits them with a water whip. She's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, apologize. Yeah, I think, that, like, that's kind of funny because, like, she would never apologize to the Fire Nation. But it's like, she she genuinely feels bad. Like, she doesn't want to be fighting these people. And she's like, sorry, I, I have to. You are attacking me. Um, yeah. Do, do you and feel then, like you need to apologize if someone's attacking you? I Like, do no. you? Yeah. Okay. No, good. There was no apology necessary here, but Katara is just such a kind, nice person that right, she felt the need right. to apologize regardless. That's, <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, one other like cool thing, uh, that they do from the fight is like, uh, Toph is standing, um, and there's like a bunch of like concrete slabs or whatever, uh, and a bunch of earthbenders are standing on them. And somehow she like flips them like dominoes to where like wherever they were standing, now they're like pinned and they like all fall back on each other so no one can get up. And I was like, how did that even work? Like if you pause it and like look at it, I was like, wait, what? This like just defies all laws of any physics, but it was very cool. So I don't even care. I was a fan of the <laughs> There you go. It was cool. So it doesn't matter about the law. The laws of physics don't matter in this exactly. world. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, this is kind of a fight where Sokka does nothing. Uh, Sokka's like really out of the fight. He does not do much. He opens a bunch of doors like it's Scooby-Doo <laughs> at one point. That is true. Yes, he does do that like classic thing where it's like, oh, I don't know where people are. Let me open all of the doors. Um, yeah, if I was lost in a place, like the last thing I would do is an open a door. Like my worst fear would be what happens to Sokka where he opens a door and like scares someone who's like getting dressed or like just like chilling in their house. Like, yeah, know. like knock, maybe look for a map, ask one of the guards. I guess it, it, it's, I, well, they're in battle with the guards, I, I'm I, pretty sure. I mean, sure. some of them are pinned up against the wall. Like, you don't think that, like, you <laughs> think they've got better things to do? Interrogate them. I guess, yeah. I don't know, put a boomerang to his throat and start interrogating. <laughs> boomerang to his throat, what a threat. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Wow. But yeah, anything else we should get into this fight or you want to talk about the Zuko and Iroh stuff? I mean, nothing really happened. We cut to Zuko and Iroh. Zuko faints and then that's pretty much it. And yes. then we cut back to the gang. Yeah. And then we also see like Zuko as he's getting dizzy. We like switch to his view and he's like, he's a little, little, uh, down for the count. He looks like he's had one too many drinks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That's a very good way to describe it. Yep. Um, anyway, yeah. So then that's all we see from them right now. We go back and, uh, they're like, they're trying to find the room. You know, Sokka's done his thing where he's opened a bunch of doors, hasn't been able to find it. Uh, and they see a door that is just absolutely massive. Uh, it looks huge, but then when Sokka goes up to it, I realize that this door is like maybe 200 feet tall. Like, is that, is that, am I off base? Like, it looks absolutely massive. I don't know if it was 200 feet tall. To me, it looked like, I don't know, because Sokka kicks it. Hmm, maybe it is 200. No, nah, it looked like, for me, it was like 50 feet, but maybe I'm way off base. I don't know. It, it, looked, like, uh, it looked like 40 or 50 Sokkas to me. Uh, it, it was it, a magnificent door. A magnificent door, yeah. It gave me like Wizards of, Wizard of Oz vibes with like the gigantic green door in front of the palace type thing. Uh, I Maybe that's what they were going for a little bit. Yeah, like Emerald City vibes. Oh, uh, yeah. Emerald City's that's a creepy place. I would not want to live there. 
Yes, me neither. Flying monkeys, count me out. Oh my gosh. The, those flying monkeys used to give me like actual nightmares. <laughs> that, and then what, what was that dog that you used to get scared of? Wishbone? Oh, Wishbone. Yeah, wishbone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I used to have nightmares of Wishbone. Man. That's a throwback. Could, I forgot about that. <laughs> could you imagine if Wishbone and the flying monkeys teamed up? Oh, I'm going to have a nightmare about that tonight. Oh, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm Zach. I'm kidding. I'm Watch, kidding. You're going to message me tomorrow morning. You're going to be like, why did you do this to me? I couldn't sleep <laughs> at all. Like Wishbone and the flying monkeys are just haunting uh, my dreams. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, so Sokka sees this giant door. He decides he's going to try to kick it down. Uh, he has pretty good form, actually. Uh, you know, I did Taekwondo when I was younger. Uh, I have to say, this was an impressive kick. Uh, great form. It ultimately does absolutely nothing, though. It is, like, again, as we said, this is a massive door, and his foot does nothing. Yeah, he should have tried this kick on one of the Dai Li agents rather than the door, so he That's could have actually true. contributed something to the fight. Because you're right, he did literally nothing in the fight, but... Yeah, that's very true. He could have tried to, you know, hit one of the Dai Li agents. Instead, he just, like, tries to kick the door. And, you know, I respect that he's trying, but I kind of think that, you know, you just wait for the benders to get there at that point. Like, <laughs> with a door that big, like, what we're going to see is, like, Toph and Aang together bust the door down. And it's like, Sokka, buddy, like, you weren't going to be able to kick that open. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And then Ang and yeah, Ang and Toph together. Ang air bends and Toph earth bends, and together they're able to take down the massive door. Yep they they get into the Earth Kingdoms, uh, or sorry, the Earth King's like private quarters. It's like it's sort of equivalent to the um, the room that we see Ozai in, except instead of like fires, just like a bunch of boring stuff around. Um, but it's like that same sort of palace room. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Same sort of palace regalia lying around. Yeah, I mean, like, so the Earth King does nothing except sit in that room all day. Like, does he not want an interior decorator? Like, there was yeah. literally no decoration. Yeah, I guess he's just content living the minimalistic lifestyle. Yeah, that's just surprising to me because even like that upper ring house that they get, um, like that the team avatar gets is nicer than this. Like, it, in fact, yeah, th there's really nothing going on here. Pretty boring. That should have been a red flag. They should have already known something was up. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, well, like, I like Ang's line here where he's like, see, we're friends, your earthiness. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that I did appreciate your earthiness. Uh, but just, okay, to go back to the interior interior decorating for a bit, if you walk mm -hmm. into someone's house and they have absolutely nothing except the, like, essentials, right? Like, if they just have, yep. like, bed, table, chair, like, they're not to be trusted. Like, if you have nothing personal, I don't know. I don't know. I don't mind. I'm kind of a bed, table, chair guy myself. I don't have too many personal belongings, so I can't judge people for that. Wow. All right, Zach. I'm I'm sorry to say that uh, <laughs> I, I might have to like send you some sort of like decoration or something. Um, I, I feel like I've just like uh, I've picked up like a poster from a thrift shop at one point and like things that like I like to keep around. But you just have multiple posters lining up your room. Um. Well, I I have like one out right now and then i've got some like uh in like the living room area i've got like some pictures and such and uh i've got like a, a lego set of the chicago skyline so i've got like a oh, few nice. decorations yeah. nice that's cool yeah i would trust myself 
I didn't even know they made Lego sets of like real life skylines. That's oh, cool. they're pretty cool. I like, you know, I think playing with Legos is like fun, uh, like in itself, mm-hmm. but like creating the skylines, like a good time. Um, yeah, it's, it was discon, the Chicago one was discontinued. So finding it was like kind of annoying, but, uh, I do think it would like be a good gift. In fact, like one day, I think, the way that you could like tell someone that you were going on vacation somewhere is you just get them like the Lego skyline version of it. Mm, that seems that's like ingenious. It seems like a creative way uh, to tell someone like, Oh, like we're going to go to New York city or something. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why that is what I thought about, but there you go. That is <laughs> well, it's all good. We were talking about interior design and Legos. I asked about the Legos. That's, so that's true. Fair. That's true. I, I wonder if they have one for Vancouver. Is the Vancouver skyline nice? It's all right. It's not as nice as like a, the Seattle skyline, in my opinion. Uh, but it's not yeah. bad. All right, let it's me let bad. me look up a picture real quick so I can get an opinion on it. <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh, it's it's actually pretty. That wait, is this? Is there like an opera house type thing on the water? Yes. Yeah, okay. there is. I I like uh, was not smart enough to know if I had accidentally got the Sydney skyline. Um, no, it, it's not. It's not an opera house. I forget what it oh, is. Oh yeah, so. okay. From a different angle, yeah. Wait, yeah. This is a good skyline. I would love to have a Lego version of this. Well, there you go. The Vancouver skyline is approved by Jacob. All right, Lego, make it happen. <laughs> um, obviously, all the Lego uh, Lego product like developers are listening to different podcasts, hoping to source ideas. Uh, <laughs> yep, they are. That one's for free. Um, anyway, they, they walk up to the Earth King. They're talking, uh, they're trying to get there, uh, and convince him that they're on his side. And Long Fang does a really good job of manipulating them here. I, like, I was very impressed, actually. Long Fang is like, you know, putting in the work. He's making it be like, oh no, I'm on your side. Like, they're here to overthrow you, creating the narrative. I, I say get this man on Big Brother. Oh, Long Fang on Big Brother. I mean, wouldn't he be a little too old? I don't know if he would be hanging out with the young 20-somethings. I feel like they'd take him out right away. They wouldn't allow him a chance to That's get in with the group. Yeah, because that archetype, like the older person, can't also be like a big like gamer manipulator. They have to be like the, the lovable dad type, so... Maybe he missed his archetype, but like 30 years Az- ago... Azula would be better on Big Brother, probably. Oh, yeah. Like an old, older Azula, like 20-year-old yeah. Azula. I agree. That that would be, well, I don't know. 20-year-old Azula is like after she snapped, so I'm not sure how much you're getting out of her. <laughs> Assuming she doesn't snap. <laughs> okay. Like, let's see. Could you imagine, like, if someone flipped on her and she went into that full, like, rage mode she goes into in <laughs> season three? She's like, you come to the backyard and we are having an Agni Kai. And they're like... Yeah, they probably just what? die. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think she would have to get. She would be like thrown out of the house for fighting someone, just like Willie Hans. Just like Willie Hans, exactly. Uh. Um, in fact, actually, Zach, we should do. Maybe this is an offline conversation. We should do uh, whatever. I've already said it. We should do oh, a uh, uh, brand steel in between season two and season three. Oh, I'd be down. Of what type of characters, or, or like, uh, or what? What uh, Survivor Brant Steel, a Big Brother Brant Steel? What are you thinking? Uh, if anyone has an opinion, they can let us know. But uh, I would, I don't know. What, what what would you prefer, Zach? Well, I don't know. Let's see. Let's let's see what the fans think. So, if right. you guys think that's a good idea, email us post your recaps slash atla. Right? 
Uh, yep. Or avatar at postshowrecaps.com. Uh, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, so if anyone like has an opinion, um, then you can decide. If not, then I think I'm, we might just do it anyway because it seems like a good time. Yeah. I'm down. Sweet. All right. Well, we cracked that one. I'm glad that we talked about <laughs> it now instead of like the week before too. Um, yeah, true. <laughs> and, and now everyone gets to hear about it as well. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they're trying to convince, uh, the Earth King that they're like there to trust him. Uh, understandably, the Earth King is not ready to trust them. They're like, no, you just destroyed all of my guards. You've like broken down my door. You've invaded my home. Like, no, why am I going to trust you? And then Toph's like, yeah, fair enough. Makes sense to me. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love to how Toph's like, like clearly Toph has the same agenda that the rest of them do. But Toph, when she hears something that makes sense, is like, yep, makes sense. Can't argue with that. Yeah. yeah Toph's able to see the logical side of this. Just like, uh, see, that's what us earth, unlike you firebenders, us, us earthbenders, we're able to see things with logic. We don't get angry unnecessarily, <laughs> but the, you, you and AJ's on all those people, you guys just get angry for no reason. Wow. Disc, disc. Wow. Attacking my personality for no reason. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was uncalled for. No, my it's apologies. fine. I'm just offended. That's, that's all right. Uh, you know, I feel like as an earthbender, you would be, uh, you'd be wise to not have done that and not like try to provoke me. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's true. That's true. I, I think you're lucky that, uh, it's too hot for me to have the energy to fight you right now. And that I'm just like, uh, yeah, I've just been out of energy for so long. Speaking of speaking of the weather, not to, we're going off topic a little bit here, but thank God the heat wave from last week is finally over, so now I can breathe again because it was like a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Now it's like eighty five degrees Fahrenheit, so it's much more manageable. Yeah, it got pretty bad uh, for you all. I'm I'm very glad to hear that it's like cooled off. Um, yeah, I know we're typically a weather podcast, so I'm surprised <laughs> we didn't talk about it more, but. Like, definitely some pretty scary stuff when it's, like, getting that hot and people don't have, like, AC. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't have an AC. A lot of people didn't. There was, like, 200 deaths over that weekend. It yeah. was bad. It, it is very bad. Well, I'm Anyways, glad we can, it's uh, hopefully getting better. Yeah, um, yeah. It is getting a lot better. Anyway, one other thing that's getting better is that they're kind of able to get the Earth King on their side a bit. Um, they say, or Long Fang makes a claim that he's never seen the Avatar, or he's never seen the Sky Bison. And that was, like, probably not a very smart claim for him to make, because as we know last week, Appa did bite his leg. And he has to know that he has this mark. So, like, why did Long Fang make this mistake? I feel like he's very calculated. Yeah, I don't know. Long Fang, maybe he's, maybe he, cause the avatar is so close. He's like grasping at straws because he's like, Oh crap. The avatar is right here in front of the Earth King, able to sway him. What can I say to get the, anything to get the Earth King on my side? And then he just kind of blurts this out. And it's a big mistake in my opinion. And as I, uh, yeah, I agree with you basically because he says he's never seen a sky bison, but they're able to prove it due to his bite marks. Yeah. So, and, okay, okay continue. No, no, I was just gonna, I was gonna describe the scene. Say what you were gonna oh, say. I, I was just gonna say, like, I think that Long Fang should have been able to convince him, uh, that, like, the war was not going on because it's a pretty preposterous thing that I've never heard about. Like, when Aang says, like, oh, there's a war for a hundred years and you don't know it, the Earth King's like, what? That's insane. Like, how is that possible? I really do think, like, just like the big leap that they make in, like, the first episode where they're like, oh, you've been in an iceberg for a hundred years. 
Finding out this information is like kind of a game changer. So it feels like Long Fang had the upper hand and kind of gave it all away. Like blew a 3-1 lead here. True. But you know what's weird? The Earth King doesn't even seem like that shocked when he finally realizes that the war has been going on for a hundred years. He just seems like, oh, eh. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? He doesn't yeah, have that's... that big a reaction, as big a reaction as he probably should have. But that's later on in the episode. No, that's fair. Like, when we get there, like, maybe we can say what the proper reaction is. But I had not considered the fact that, like, the Earth King's like, oh, yeah, I guess it is real. Like, that's all we get. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. it's like you just learn that a war is going on for a hundred years, unbeknownst to you. Exactly, and your yeah. whole, art, like, secret service pretty much has hidden it from you. I don't know. Well, um, yeah, that's very fair. I had not considered that. Um, anyway, so they're going back and forth. Eventually, like, Sokka's like, oh, I know, like, that, uh, Long Fang's lying. I can prove it to you. There's bite marks. Long Fang sees it. Well, at first he's like, I'm not gonna disrobe. Fair enough. Uh, like, (laughs) that is kind of a big ask if you're asking him just like. I I like that line from Long Fang that actually made me chuckle. He's like, I'm not going to disrobe. He's like so incredulous. Well, and saying like disrobe sounds like so much more, uh, I guess like official, like then like, I'm not going to like show you my leg. It's like, I'm not going to disrobe. Like, <laughs> yeah. True. It's not a term you hear often. Nope. Uh, but then Aang hits him with a blast and makes Long Fang look like Marilyn Monroe, uh, standing over the grate, uh, trying to keep the, the robe down. And we see a little mark on Long Fang's leg. Yeah, and that mark is then they bring in Appa and they're able to prove that Appa did in fact bite him. Yeah, Long Fang here like is really just on a downward spiral because he's like, oh, that's actually just a birthmark of mine. And it's like, mm, <laughs> I doubt it. I, I, I don't think so, buddy. Uh, but nice try on the lie. And especially like when Appa's right there to verify, uh, they're able to point to the teeth, show the thing and be like, look, uh, these match. Um, yeah. And even the Earth King has to agree with them. Yeah, that is true. Um, but then, like, the Earth King's like, well, you know, I'm not totally convinced. Like, maybe there's not a war, and maybe this is just a lie or whatever. So th- they're going to keep going. Um, before we get back to them, we see Uncle Iroh and Zuko. Uh, Zuko's, like, you know, sleeping. He's, like, clearly very sick. Uncle Iroh's taking care of him. I have to say, Uncle Iroh is so clutch. Uh, having someone there to make tea for you, to really care for you, like... He he is the perfect person that I would want around whenever I get sick. I agree, but I feel like Zuko's not appreciating Iroh because what's happening is Zu- Iroh gives Zuko some water and then Zuko like chucks, he drinks the water directly from the pail and then just throws the whole pail across the room, waste half the water by like pouring it all over himself. And I don't know, he, Zuko didn't seem like the nicest person while he was sick. Yeah, he does pour, like, half the water on himself, which is weird because he's laying down when he does that, which means he's going to lay down, like, on water, which, like, I could not imagine doing that. Like, even if I, like, go swimming or something, I could not, like, lay down in my swim trunks, much less, like, pour water on my body and then take a nap. Like, that's insane. I guess with his fever, he was so sweaty, maybe he just wanted to cool down. But still, to, like, chug your water and then, like, chuck the pail across the room kind of seemed like an a-hole move to do, especially <laughs> because I- Iroh's going to be the one who's cleaning it, cleaning it up after him. So. Yeah, that's that's uh, very true. I, I do think here that, um, yeah, 
I, I'm probably the same way. Like, as much as I hate to say it, like, when someone's taking care of me when I'm sick, I would be the exact same way. Like, I would not, I would not, like, be able, in the moment, I would not be able to appreciate it at all, and I would just be, like, feeling terrible. So, I'll give Zuko a slight break. Okay, that's fair. Um, then we get back, we see the Earth King. The Earth King is taking the train to go um, to Lake Laogai. I'm shocked that there's not, like, some other way to get him around because, like, the Earth King is on the train with just a bunch of randos. Uh, these randos are, like, absolutely flabbergasted that he's in the train car. And it's like, do they not have some way to get him, a, like, from place to place, like some secret tunnel or some, like, car or or not car or whatever? I guess not because, thing? because they say no Earth King has even ever been to the Outer Wall, which made me think, how long has the Dai Li been in control for, like, the past hundred years? Well, even if the Dai Li, because the Dai Li was, was set up by Kyoshi, is that right? Um, yeah, uh, I'm not 100% sure. Don't okay. quote me on that. <laughs> um, well, you can quote me. Uh, and if I'm wrong, <laughs> okay. yeah, that's fine. Uh, like, I'm pretty, yeah, so the Daily's, like, set up by Kiyoshi, so it's been around for, like, a bit, but then I think that it's, like, um, yeah, like, yeah. How did the upper wall, or how did the outer wall get constructed if the Earth King never had it? Like, at some point, it wasn't a city, and the Earth King had to go, like, make it a city and probably, like, fight for it, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't understand how the Earth, no Earth King has ever been to the Outer Wall. They explicitly state that. I think the Earth King himself says that. So I was just wondering, has the Dai Li, where maybe the Dai Li just built all the walls? Who the heck even knows? That's true. Yeah, it it could be. Um, yeah, that's the one thing that like, so in this fight, as they're like running up to the palace, it looks like a ton of damage is done. But because everything's made out of Earth, like all you need is like a few competent Earthbenders and you can remake everything. That's true. It must have been even pretty easy to build the walls with the earth bending. I feel like if yeah. you just have like 50 to 100 competent earth benders, you probably just like fix any wall. That's why I'm surprised yeah. they were able, they weren't able to get the drill out of the way. They just, yeah. Yeah. We can, we can get there in a second. Cause I was also pretty surprised that they didn't like move the drill or attempt to hide it a bit. Um, yeah, before before that, we just have Zuko's nightmare sequence, so we can talk about that. Uh, yeah, it, w- one thing I wanted to say before, uh, like we got into that though, is that like the Earth and Water Kingdoms are just so lucky because like air and fire can't make buildings out of their material, or at least not like like I guess you could make something out of fire, but like you couldn't go in it. Um, but yeah, like the Earth Kingdom like has an incredible palace made of Earth. As we saw, like, the Northern Water Tribe has a great, uh, like, ice palace made of ice. Um, this is, like, great. They can save so much on uh, construction costs and all that. Like, I'm shocked that they're not, like, leaps and bounds ahead of civilization because they can use all their resources on stuff that's not, like, building buildings because they just, like, use the ground. You think prior to the war, uh, Fire Nation people hired earthbenders to, like, build their buildings? You would think so. Like that's what I would do if I was a firebender. Yeah, it would be very surprising if you were not like hiring out the earthbenders cuz like it's just like it would take so long to do it otherwise. And I think like once we see like metal bending become a thing, uh which will come up in like in the next few weeks, like once you see metal bending, I feel like you just have skyscrapers made by earthbenders like immediately. Yeah. No, hundred yeah. percent. And I, you'll just have, you'll have like a Chicago skyline, except instead it's made by a bossing say skyline made up of yeah. skyscrapers that earth that earthbenders created. Get the Lego set ready. <laughs> yep. Um. They, so they get to Lake Laogai, 
Um, they're trying to find like the secret headquarters. They get all the way there. Toph like tries to find the secret entrance, but it's kind of mangled a bit. It's gone. Um, and I guess like it was destroyed. I, I can't imagine that all the tunnels were destroyed though, because like there's a vast network of tunnels beneath the lake. So I was a little surprised that Toph couldn't like sense out like, Oh, actually like, yes, this entrance is destroyed, but the tunnels are still there so we can take you there. Um, but yeah, they come up with no luck here at Lake Laogai. Yeah, maybe Long Fang was able to just destroy all the tunnels. Who knows? Wow. Long Fang must be a, a pretty good earthbender then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he must have. The Dai Li's still on his side, so he must have had them helping him out. That is true. Um, yeah, so then Katara accuses the Dai Li of destroying the evidence. The Earth King is like, mm, I'm not so sure about that. Like, that's a very convenient excuse. And I'm really on his side here. Like, I think the Earth King, you know, he has no experience. He has a very uh, sheltered view of the world. He doesn't really understand what's going on. But I do appreciate that he's, like, very skeptical. I, I think that, like, I appreciate that he, you know, wants to hear them out, but he ultimately, like, believes, like, what the story he knows is. I, I kind of respected him in this moment. I don't know. I thought it was a very measured response. Yeah, even though he's a sheltered figurehead who ha- who holds, like, no power, he's still able to deduce stuff with logic and actually display some leadership quality. So, there you go. Good job, Earth King. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, then Katara has like a great idea says like, they're not going to be able to get the wall. The drill will still be there. Um, so then as the earth King saying that he's going back to the palace, they're trying to convince him to go to the outer wall. Uh, they want to see the outer wall, the drill, all that so that they can like, you know, see what's going on. Uh, then they like the earth King's like pretty opposed to going, except they get to find out that you can go on Appa and the earth King's super stoked to go on Appa. This has to be like, <laughs> the most exciting thing to ever happen in his life. Yeah, it must be, because he is absolutely stoked. You're right. Would you be so stoked to ride on Appa with no saddle? Because they talk about it in the earlier in the episode, how they don't have a saddle for Appa. And I don't know, that would be a lot scarier ride for me. I'm kind of clumsy. Knowing my luck, I'd, like, grab hold of, like, a piece of Appa's fur that isn't, like, attached properly, and I'd just fall off of Appa, knowing my luck. Yeah, I mean, Appa sheds quite a bit. Uh, like, we see Appa shed all the time. Azula's constantly picking up fur that Appa has. Like, I don't think I would trust a no-saddle Appa. Uh, you yeah, know, you might, either. you might pull on a piece of fur and then next thing you know, you're flying to the ground. I do think if the avatar was there, I would trust, trust it to, to work out. Like, if there was an airbender there who I thought was going to be able to save me, like, I would be at least a lot more confident, uh, in doing so, but, um, yeah, I don't know. No, I would not be super excited to go on Appa, uh, without the saddle. Yeah, but, In fact, uh, I, I think I would require like a full on seatbelt. <laughs> I don't know if they have any seatbelt where you get like a rope, I suppose is the best you, you can just do. Just tie me down to the, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so the Earth King's like having a decent time, I guess. Uh, you know, he's, I guess having a, a fine time flying, I would say expected value. And here he says what I think might be the understatement of the entire series. He says uh, to team avatar, I have to be honest with you. Part of me really hopes that what you're telling me about this war isn't true. It's like only part of you, like the whole, like your whole being doesn't want it to be true. Like what? Of course this is true. Or of course you don't want this to be true. 
Yeah. Oh, my bad. That's an alarm going off. Sorry about that. Um, Wake up, Zach. This was all a dream. There we go. Wishbone, wishbone will come and lick your face unless you wake up. Zach. Oh no! Oh no! It's like the Jacob brainwashed me like Long Fang did to the Judies. Yeah, exactly. He woke up my sleeper cell. Now he planted the alarm. What's going on? Oh. My memories are not real. But uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. The alarm caught me off guard. Oh, it's all right. Uh, I was just saying that uh, the Earth King, when he says part of me hopes a war isn't true, it's like. Like, that is the biggest understatement we've heard. Like, obviously, yeah, it's true. But then I understand. I can see it from his point of view as well, because it's like he 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 knows it, it probably is true, but it's like he he does not want it to be true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I think I could emphatically say that. Like, I don't know. There's some things that are like are true, but like, you don't even need to say them out loud because it's just like the, that's just like the case. Like anytime people are like, oh, I hope it doesn't rain. Like when they're doing something outdoors or they're like, oh, I, I wish it wouldn't have rained. It's like, yeah, obviously. Like, why would you want it to rain? Yeah, that's true. It's kind of, I guess what your point is, is like, it's a redundant statement, right? Yeah. Like no one would disagree with you. Like it, it's not like Toph's like, oh, really? I kind of thought you would want the word to be true. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, obviously it's fine. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think too deeply into it, but you are correct. Yeah. Um, the next thing we get is like a dream sequence that's almost as scary as Wishbone and some flying monkeys. <laughs> uh, we have Iroh is like helping Zuko try to feel better. And Zuko is just like, has like a full on scary dream sequence. We see Zuko standing where he is, uh, like the Fire Lord where Ozai sits in that palace room. He has no scar on his face. So it's actually a little bit hard for me to like recognize Zuko the first time I see him. Uh, same, same. Okay. I, I was like, is this even Zuko? And then I realized, oh, it is. Yeah. I, I think like the first time I see this character, I'm always like, who is that? Cause he's like older than he was like when we see him as a kid. Um, and I guess like context clues, I would be able to figure it out if I like put my mind to it, which, you know, I obviously figured out, but like, uh, the no scar is like a totally different look from Zuko. Um, then, yeah, we see these dragons start to go around his head. We see a red dragon and a blue dragon. And the blue dragon is Azula's voice. Uh, the red dragon is Iroh. And this is kind of cool that we see this from Zuko because it's kind of like the two different voices in his head. You have the voice of Azula saying, like, you're not good enough. You're not a real, like, prince. And then you have the voice of Iroh that's, like, always trying to build him up. And that's kind of interesting to see that part of his psyche. Yeah, it's like in Western media, a lot of the time you'll see like the devil and the angel on your shoulder. And it's kind of like an interesting take on that concept, except instead of a devil and an angel, it's these two dragons, respectively. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think this was like cool to see. Uh, we see like in his head, he's feeling like, um, I guess, very intimidated by this. The blue dragon is essentially trying to get him to go to sleep. He's like, oh, no, like, uh, or, or she's like, oh, no, go to bed, like, just give in. Um, and the, the red dragon's like, no, you have to, like, uh, you have to get out of here. And this is like a little stressful dream. Like, th this is the type of dream that when I have it and I wake up, I'm like, oh, man, my sleep quality was so bad because I'm just, like, stressed the whole night. Yeah, this is, I would not be, I'm lucky. I have, I don't have nightmares often. My long gone are the days of wishbone terrorizing <laughs> me in my sleep. So I, I rarely have nightmares. And yeah, I would not want to have a dream like this. this is one of those dreams where you wake up with like cold sweats and stuff, yeah. which I would not want. 
Exactly. It's also like a bit emotionally charged for Zuko because the blue dragon starts to like get closer and start to attack it and says like sleep just like mother. And as they say that we see uh, Zuko's mom, Ursa sitting around and the uh, um we see Ursa say Zuko, help me. And like Zuko just feels so trapped. Uh, this like, yeah, th- this really was a stressful dream. I think the dream sequence is cool, but also like that's, that's not for me. I like my dreams yeah, no. to be very benign. <laughs> really? You like to just dream of like scrolling through Twitter and stuff like that? Um, maybe not scrolling through Twitter. I feel like I, I've never had a scrolling through Twitter dream. Really? Um, I've, I've dreamt that before. Mind you, especially okay. at the beginning of the pandemic, my dreams were so boring when I wasn't like doing <laughs> anything. Your dreams were just like your daily life, which is like, you know, go from one room to the next, get a glass of water and then go to bed. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Great. Yeah. That's most uh, benign, boring dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think I would rather have a benign, boring dream like that than like one of these nightmares. Uh, I know this has come up on Renap recently, uh, but have you ever dreamt about podcasting? No, I am not actually. Have you? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I, I, I did dream about meeting Akiva one time. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Was that before you were even on Renap or? Uh, yes, it, it was. Uh, it was like before I had like ever like talked to him. I had a dream that like I had met him at some like sports game or something. And you know what? I have to say one day my dream will come true. Um, but yeah, like that, I think that's like the closest, uh, adjacent thing. Uh, also they, they were talking about us, uh, this week, Zach, they were saying that, um, they're asking if we were a spinoff podcast of theirs. I heard. Yeah. Do we count as a spinoff podcast? I don't don't, think so. I don't think we count as a spinoff podcast. Uh, like obviously I don't think this would have gotten started like without going on, uh, Renap and like us talking about it and then going offline and seeing if this idea would work, but I'm not really sure it's like spinoff. Uh, it's more so like in the extended universe. More like an offshoot than a yeah. spinoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I do think that'd be a good idea. Like I like their, uh, their idea for the wheel for like Robin and Akiva find a spinoff podcast. I think that's, it's very funny. Yeah. I, and, and I feel like they could have a lot. There's a lot of interesting ideas there. I'm excited for that too. I think yeah. that's a good idea. At, at one point, Rob talked about having like a recap of the podcast where someone listens to all the podcasts and recaps what happened. I think that's like a very <laughs> funny idea. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't really know if that like would, you know, make it to the top of my queue, but I think it's very funny to recap a podcast recap. I don't know though. I think that's a little too meta for my taste. Personally, if someone makes a recap, I will already promise to make the recap of the recap. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And now I'm just counting on no one making the recap. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So then they, they get out of this dream. Um, we see that the team avatar is getting to the outer wall. As they get to the outer wall, we still, we see that the drill is there and the earth king is like very surprised to see it. Um, they say that like, yeah, it's a fire nation, um, like trying to break through the walls. They're like very surprised. And Long Fang has like an even worse excuse here. He's like, no, it's just a construction prog, uh, project. Like it's actually like, uh, you know, totally benign. And then he's like, oh no, well, it's an imported machine. That's why it has the fire nation insignia. You can't trust domestic machinery. Yeah, because Katara points out that it's got a Fire Nation insignia on it. So, <laughs> uh. But, like, why would you insult the Earth King like that? Like, the Earth King 
all he does is he works on like domestic affairs and you're like, Oh, actually the machinery that we make is not good enough. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, that's true. That's true. And why would you hypothetically, or I guess the, the earth King doesn't know that they're in a war, but if you're in a war with somebody, how would you be importing products from them? No. Yeah, definitely. You wouldn't. This is under the assumption that like, they're not in wartime and like, it was just like an import that they got like a few weeks. Yeah. Ago, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But also like who has a construction project with a drill, especially when you're earthbenders. Like, I feel like that wasn't addressed at all, but like, as we talked about earlier, like you can just like, any construction you need, you can just do. So, like, you don't need domestic machinery. You literally have people that can just do this. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. And I feel like that's why the Earth, the Earth King is able to see through this. It is able to call for Long Fang's arrest right here because yeah. Long Fang's out of excuses and he just can't fib- lie yep. his way out of this one. Caught one too many times. Um, the He tells the Dai Li to arrest Long Fang He's going to stand for crimes against the Earth Kingdom. Um, do you think they have a wheel of punishment in the Earth Kingdom, or are they like, a better judicial system? I hope. I think they have a better judicial system, and I hope they do, too. But, like, what do you think it is? Like, it's probably, like, some court where, I don't know, the Dai Li just decides your fate. Like It's it's Bosco the Bear with, like, in a <laughs> judge's outfit, and then he yep. <laughs> and then they give him a gavel, and that's what it is. That would be very cute. I would watch that. You know, they have like Judge Judy and like whatever else. Uh, they oh, should make Judge, a good Ju- Judge Judy. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn, I wish I made that joke. That's that's funny. Uh, there nice. you go. Um, yeah, Judge Judy, where the Dai Li just whispers in Judy's ear what to say, and then you get convicted based on what the Dai Li's told them. Yeah. Yeah, it's now it's now it's not as funny. It's just kind of depressing when you put it like that. Yeah. But now it's go. just like now it's just uh, like a complete corrupt system. Um, have you ever yeah. watched those shows that are like those court type things? Yeah, I used to watch them when like, I stayed home from school and there was nothing on TV. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan myself. Judge Judy, all these like procedural court shows, not my cup of tea. Yeah, I, I always think like. So I, I don't like, I have not seen like a full episode in forever, but there are like certain clips from it that are just like very funny. Uh, and like there are some clips that I like go back and watch. Um, cause like th- they just find the people there who just have like the most ridiculous lives. And so like they explain their stuff as if it's like totally reasonable. But like if you just sit there and listen, you're like, what are you talking about? Like, is it even real? I feel like I, I wouldn't it. be surprised. Yeah, if it's like because I know like Jerry Springer is fake, so yeah. I feel like in the, the, those shows are like the same vein, similar time slot. So I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if they're fake too. No, I I wouldn't be surprised if they're fake because like all like you all you have to do is just agree to arbitration. Like it's not an actual court. So like theoretically, I could like sue you, Zach, and then like we could then go to this court and then like whatever they say the damages are, I just like. Like you could just like, I would just give you the money back and then like we get on TV. I'm sure that happens all the time, but yeah. 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 Um, no need to pop my bubble like that. <laughs> all, all of it's Sorry. scripted. Sorry. My bad for bursting your bubble. <laughs> um, anyway, so then, uh, Sokka starts gloating because long things getting arrested uh, I would go ahead and say this joke is bad. Uh, he says, looks like Long Fang is long gone. Really? I didn't mind this joke. I mean, it's kind of like Aunt Who, Aunt, or <laughs> Aunt Wu, Aunt Who. It's kind of in that same, 
vein, is it, it not? Has, it has the same energy of jokes that I definitely would like, but there's just yeah. something about it where when I heard it, I was like, nah, predictable. Um, yeah, that's fair. It is a little on the nose. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, they get back. Uh, the Earth King is now like fully on their side. Uh, he says, like, you know, I really did think that we were in control of a great city. I thought things were fine. <laughs> Uh, but I was, this was merely a city of fools and that makes me the king of fool. Um, yeah, that's, that's quite the, uh, quite the name. Um, yeah, if you were king a king of Zach, fool. what, what would your like, uh, official name be or like what would mm. your, whatever it's called? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good, come back to me. Do you have a, do you have one? What would your um, name be? Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't really given this too much thought. I think like. Uh, I don't know. What well, the first thing that comes to mind? Have you seen uh, Nathan for us? No, I've never seen. I know what it is, but I've never seen an episode. Never aired in Canada, really. Ah, so. Wait, that's too bad because he's Nathan Fielder went to one of uh, Canada's top business schools. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, I, maybe really it did, maybe maybe it did air in Canada, but I no. just I never I never saw it airing on TV. So. Well, it's on Hulu in the U.S., so maybe you could rewatch it uh, or watch it for the first time. Anyway, one of the people in there uh, like calls him the Wizard of Loneliness, uh, <laughs> which is just like such a good term. Uh, so I was gonna say I'd be the King of Loneliness, but I'm not sure that that would be true. I think I'd be the King of Interior Decorating. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what I would take. The King of Lego Skylines. Oh, actually, yes. Uh, I would love to buy more. Um, okay, yeah. King of Lego Skylines, done. Uh, yeah, I'd probably be like the king of laziness, the king of sloth, something like that. The king of sloth. All right. Then instead of uh, having Bosco, you could have a gigantic sloth. Yo, that'd be dope. I wouldn't mind a gigantic pet sloth. Why not? I, sloths are a very funny animal because, like, they're so evolutionarily just, like, dumb, it seems. But yes. then apparently they're not even worth like any predator, uh, like trying to actually eat it. So no one like cares to kill them off, even though they're just like a dumb animal. Like, <laughs> I don't know how we got to that path where like sloths are just like so dumb and nothing wants to like kill them. They would be immediately killed. Yep. Yep. Sloths, sloths are just one of those animals where they're so useless to society that they're not even worth eating. So yeah. Wow. Well. What a weird <laughs> wow! I don't know that how we got there. I guess I you, you talked about being the king of sloth, and all right, yeah, there we go. Um, anyway, so the, they explain to the Earth King about the solar eclipse and Sozin's comet, Sozin's comet, and all that. And the Earth King is—they're telling him to take the offensive. Sokka's explaining to him he's got to take the offensive and give himself a fighting chance. Yeah, it, it seems like they're, like, pretty on board with this. Um, like, it seems like they're, you know, ready to do this and that they're going to, like, go forward with this plan. It's It seems like it's working pretty well. Uh, like, they they know when the Fire Nation's going to be vulnerable. Like, they know the Day of Black Sun is going to be a time where you could take over. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it seems like things are going pretty well for them. Uh, we'll see that doesn't last too long because uh, General Howe comes with a bunch of files, uh, from, the, um, like from this, uh, office and, and that Long Fang has. And all of these files are, uh, essentially getting them to split up and do their own thing. So Toph gives a letter, uh, supposedly from her mom, uh, that her mom is in the city and wants to meet with her. Um, mm -hmm. also pretty rude for the mom not to write in Braille. Uh, like she knows her daughter's blind, uh, 
That's true. Do they have Braille in the Avatar universe, though? I guess not. I, I don't I think mean, so. They never they showed have, Braille like, at any point. They don't have Braille officially, but, like, Toph can, like, look at, like, read the vibrations on bumps or something. So, like, you could come up with some sort of system. That's true. That's true. Um. Anyway, then Aang gets a, a note from the Eastern Air Temple saying that he needs to go meet with the monk. And Katara and Sokka get some intel from their dad where uh, they know that Hakoda's near Chameleon Bay. Um, so they're, yep. they're very excited. Um, after they get all these notes, we go back to Uncle Iroh and Zuko. Uncle Iroh saying that this is not like a cold, it's not a natural sickness. Um, and that it was because of his critical decision have you ever made a decision so important that you got sick afterwards? No. And this uh, actually, may, not a decision, but maybe there's been like, I don't know, maybe there's like a job or interview or something like that where I'm yeah. so nervous that I feel sickly. But this didn't make much sense to me. There's a decision that he, he says what you did at the lake was in such conflict with your image of yourself that you are now at war with your own, within your own mind and body. And to me, this did not make much sense. It's like this decision wasn't. How can a decision give you a fever like this? That's, yeah. that's so I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I get worried before I make decisions. Like as I'm in the yes. process, I get like a little worried. Like yes. you know, as I'm like trying to think through all the different possibilities, I get a little nervous. But once I've made the decision, it's like I don't know, no fever for me. Uh I'm I'm reading 98 on the thermometer after my decisions. I don't know about Zuko. <laughs> uh yeah, true. <laughs> Um, anyway, we go back, uh, after we hear about Zuko's feverish decision, uh, and we see that all of the people are very excited. Aang is excited to go to the Eastern Air Temple to meet the guru. Uh, Sokka doesn't know what a guru is, thinks it's a blowfish. Um, so that was nice. I, I kind of like how they do explain what a guru is, uh, for like anyone who's listening and doesn't know. Like, it's a nice way to just like define the word. That's true, because then I guess it's, it is a children's show after a while, after all, and a lot of children are not going to understand what a guru necessarily is, especially in the yeah. West. So, Exactly. Um, but then Katara and Sokka w- really want to see their dad. Toph really wants to see her mom. And it's kind of hard. Like, they're at this point where they don't really know what to do. Thankfully, as we've been going through the Avatar universe, their decisions come one at a time. So they just, like, do the next thing. But now they kind of all have something they want to go do. So Katara suggests splitting up, uh, which is very interesting. I feel like this is just, like, made for for bad things to start happening. I feel like having the group together is much more clutch than apart. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And we're going to see a bunch of bad things happen almost immediately after these decisions are made. So yeah. maybe it wasn't the right idea to split up. Yeah, the one nice thing that Katara does, which really is so sweet, is that she decides that she's going to stay back with the Earth King and help plan for the invasion, and that Sokka can go see their dad, um, because Sokka really would like to. I, this was a very nice moment from Katara. She easily didn't have to do this, Um and it's so funny, like, after she says, like, oh, like, you stay here, or I'll stay here with the king, usually Sokka, or, like, someone would be like, oh, no, like, fine, no, I can do it, like, back and forth, where both people kind of want to, like, go see the dad, but they're like, oh, no, I don't mind, I'll stay, no, I'll stay. Sokka's like, great, you're so nice, thank you so much for this, gives her a big hug, and it's like, <laughs> you're the nicest sister ever, uh, thank you. She is uh, the nicest sister ever, though, honestly, what a great sister Katara is. I agree. Um, yeah, Katara is also a, a nice friend for Aang. Uh, as they're getting ready to leave, Aang is like trying to, trying to hit her up a little bit, trying to chatter. Um, 
trying yeah. to confess his love to her, but then Sokka barges in and puts the kibosh on that. Yes. Uh, as soon as Aang's getting started, he's like, Katara, I... And then Sokka's like, all right, let's go on our man trip. And it's like, <laughs> buddy, read the room. Read the room indeed. Yeah, he, he did not realize what was going on. Yeah, that's uh, that's terrible. If if you had like if you were ready to confess your love for someone that you've known, and then like your friend just walks up to you and is like, "Hey, how we doing?" It's like, no, man. Like, yeah, that's a decision that I would I, I would get a fever over. That's the type of thing <laughs> that's worth getting a fever over, not saving yeah, a sky and, buffalo. Aang just has a fever the next day. He's like, "Oh, I was about to tell Katara I loved her, but now I'm just sickly." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, anyway, the Earth King wishes them well, uh, tells them that, uh, that they look forward to their return. Uh, and as they're going, they hear that the, uh, Kyoshi warriors are coming. Uh, and Sokka gets so excited that he just straight up falls off Appa and lands on his ass. Quite the fall he takes, too. Yeah, it's a pretty big fall. It's just like, cause he, he doesn't, there's nothing to brace his landing. It's not like he grabs onto Appa. He just falls directly off Appa onto the ground. It's not like he slides off of Appa. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty rough there for him. Uh, but yeah, he's so excited to hear them, uh, that the Kyoshi Warriors are going to be there. He gives glowing recommendations for the Kyoshi Warriors. I mean, this is quite the recommendation. I want Sokka writing my, like, letter of rec next time I'm, like, applying for a job or something. Uh, and the Earth King is immediately, like, great. Uh, like, I trust you. So if you trust them, then I trust them and they will be our honored guests. Which really sucks, uh, because if Sokka had stayed back, he would have been able to tell the Earth King, like, oh no, actually this is very wrong. Uh, this is not Suki. Something's gone awry here. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Azula and Ko kind of got very lucky that everyone just left. You know what I mean? If, if, yes. if they stayed, if, if Sokka stayed back, he would immediately recognize Azula and then the battle would be on. Yeah, uh, they definitely high-rolled here. Most of the time what happens is, like, they go in, and then they are immediately found out, and then they have to, like, fight their way out of the city. They probably end up fighting their way out of the city, but, like, they're not able to, like, sink their teeth into the bossing, say, like, inner politics or whatever. Uh, so they definitely get really lucky here. Um, right before they go, though, Katara gives Aang a little smooch on the cheek. Uh, causes Aang to blush like all kinds of shade of red uh, over his <laughs> yep. face. Very cute. Um, yeah, and then they're all like celebrating. They're saying like, oh, we're going to miss each other. And then they all give one great big hug. Uh, and Sokka sums it up well and says, okay, we love each other. <laughs> nice. There right. we go. But <laughs> all right, we all love each other. Exactly. Um, we go back to the apartment with Iroh and Zuko. Well, kind of Zuko. Zuko walks into the bathroom and as he looks into the mirror, instead of seeing himself, he sees no scar Zuko, but also now no hair with an arrow Zuko. Uh, essentially he is the avatar, uh, staring back at himself in the mirror. Uh, and I have to say, like, looking at a man in the mirror, that, like, that would be, like, quite creepy. Uh, that would be creepy. What does this dream mean, though? That's what I was trying to wonder. That's what I was wondering. Because it's like all dreams in media have like some type of meaning. But I was like, why is Zuko imagining himself to be the Avatar? I was just confused. Yeah, it is a little bit odd. Uh, it's not super clear to me. I, I guess maybe like Zuko does have an Avatar connection. Um, like through his mom's side, he is related. Um, oh, that's true. I didn't think of that. You're so, right. So like potentially that's what it is. Like he's like 
because it is like part of his identity. And as we see in season three, he really does grow into that part of his identity. So maybe this is just like him, like his like subconscious brain thinking that. I don't know. I'm not really sure. No, that's as good a theory as any, to be honest. I'll take it. Uh, you know, dream analysis. Actually, please don't come to me. I don't understand dreams at all. And when, me neither. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone has a dream that's like super interesting to them and they want to explain it to me in excruciating detail. And I just don't understand what's happening. Does this happen to you often? Do you have friends explain their dreams to you? Cause I don't think any of my friends do that. It happens so much more often than it ought to. And like, they never have context. They never mean anything to me. And they're like, wasn't that so crazy? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. It, yeah, sure. It was, it was crazy. So, you know, miss me with that dream, that dream stuff. So the, I thought you were going to say another word there. <laughs> Never, Zach. Uh, <laughs> podcast about a children's show. Oh, oh true, true, true. Uh, that's just too funny. Um, anyway, they, uh, they are, yeah, after we see this like weird thing, uh, that, uh, Zuko went through, uh, we go back and we're, we're with Sokka. Um, Sokka's like feeling really high on himself. You know, he's, he's seeing the positive side. You know, the king's on his side. Long Fang is arrested and Suki's waiting for him. Uh, and Aang is just like totally in la la land here. He's like, ah, girls are waiting for us. <laughs> so, yep. so smitten. So smitten with Katara. Yep. Yep. Um, but obviously, you know, this is an Avatar episode, so we can't end this off on a happy note like that. We have to end off with a tur or a trinary. Uh, what is it? Trio, a trio. Trio. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. was wondering what a trinary was. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, where did that word even come from? I don't know. Uh, oh, no. Okay. A trinary is consisting of three parts or proceeding by three. Oh, there you go. So it technically is a trinary. There you go. Right. Well, let, let's go with trio. That's probably more correct. We get a trio of bad news. Uh, yeah, we get uh, Long Fang is in his prison. A Dai Li agent walks up, gives him a pretty nice dinner. Uh, maybe True. we should talk about I, that in a I, second. No, like, yeah. What was this? Like crab and like, there was a lot. Yeah, it was some like seafood. It was like a seafood platter almost. He's exactly. living the high life in prison. It's like crab, a little bit of like risotto, some shrimp. And like, Bossing Se is like a landlocked city. So to get that like fresh as it definitely was, like they had to expedite that stuff. Yeah, Long Feng's living like Bernie Madoff in prison. He's just in the <laughs> bougie prison. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so he's, he's, uh, he's got the bougie food. He also has the loyalty of the Dai Li, uh, as the agent walks away and says, like, the Dai Li is loyal, uh, is loyal to you. Um, then we see Toph. Toph, like, is, uh, you know, getting excited to go into the house, hyping herself up. Um, and as she's there, she's like trying to be like, Oh, is anyone home? She sees something. Uh, but before she's able to get out of the way, a metal box lands on her. We see our bounty hunters again, uh, ready to take her home. What were your thoughts on this, this, uh, scene, Zach? Yeah, I forgot. I forgot this is how they capture her. They lure her away, assuming she's assuming that she's going to meet with her mother, and it turns out the bounty hunters come. What are these bounty hunters' names again? Do you remember? Uh, Jin Fu and Master Yu. Jin Fu and Master Yu, yeah. So then they capture her, and yeah, I thought this was a cool capture sequence. I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, it was. I, I really remember what happens next week uh, with this capture sequence as she yes. learns how to metal bin. But yes. um, this was cool. Like, I, I did not really remember how she got in this. Um, Me neither. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's why it was cool to remember. Um, but it's even cool. more heartbreaking because, like, Toph really, like, she puts up that tough exterior. But as soon as she hears that her mom is ready to accept her, she's just so excited that it really does make you, like, quite sad for her. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that her parents are the ones who sent these bounty hunters after her, too, makes it all the more depressing. Exactly. Um, Then, to finish off the trio, we get the Kyoshi warriors walking up to the Earth King. The Earth King welcomes them, says that they're they're allies, and we see Azula's face look up uh, as she says, We're the Earth King's humble servants. And we see it's actually Azula, May, and Tai Lee in Earth, uh, in Kyoshi Warrior garb, um, taking it after they, like, ostensibly beat them in that fight that we, uh, like, finished off with at, uh, in Oppa's, Oppa's Lost, Lost Days. Days. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. That's the episode. Uh, ends with, like, three things setting up the next few weeks. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts to summarize this episode, Zach? This was an okay episode. It's kind of it's kind of not that good off the heels of Lake Lao guy because last week was one of the best episodes of season two, or it was up there. So it's yes. coming off the heels of that, it was a little underwhelming. Hot. I don't know if that's a hot take or cold take, but there we go. Yeah, underwhelming I, I, episode, but it's not bad. I, I really enjoy the fight sequence. I score very highly. So I'm going once we get to the battle of the battle rankings, I'm going to be a lot higher on it. But overall, the episode's kind of ho hum. Yeah, this is an episode where the battle's definitely better than the episode. Uh, the battle's yes. like very cool, and I'm like I'm actually kind of a, a fan of this battle. Even like uh, I think it's very fun. Uh, but yeah, the, the episode itself is like not that special. There's nothing really that like sets it apart. There's nothing that makes me super excited for it. It does a lot of work for the next two episodes. Yes, it does. And it's necess- It's a necessary episode for that reason. Like you can't have the season without this episode, but it's just kind of a little boring. Yep. Um, I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, and it, it's like, it also is pretty telling that like, this is the first episode in a in a mini that we've not had a guest on. Uh, like we've had a string of guests. <laughs> That's because, true. Well, they've been such good episodes. Like when you yeah. look at the past three episodes, like Tales from Bossing Say, Appa's Lost Days, Lake Lao Guy, uh, like even going back to the drill, like five episodes ago, all of these are such good episodes. And now like you have what is, you know, not a bad episode of Avatar, but it's like, uh, it, it's, it's even worse because it comes after this stretch. It's so strong and it's, uh, like comes before the finale, which is pretty epic as well. Yeah, no, I co-sign all of that. Agree with you completely. Sweet. Well, you want to get into our, uh, episode rankings, uh, as always, you can give us your rankings, uh, right in avatar at post, post show recaps.com or tweeted us at post show recaps. Uh, we rate each episode between zero and four cabbages. Uh, and we combine my score, Zach's score, and the listener's score to get the official Aang in their score. Zach, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll give this a 3.2 out of 4. I really enjoyed Zuko's dreams and the battle at the beginning of the episode. So that bumps it up to a 3.2 out of 4 for me. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm lower on this episode. I'm going to give it a 3. Um, mm-hmm. I think that... You know, this is a fine episode. I feel like, you know, it, it has a few of the elements uh, of, like, a good Avatar episode. But ultimately, I feel like it's coming up a bit short. 
Um, you know, there's, there's not really like any great jokes. The, the plot is kind of like just straightforward and moving along. Like, um, all of the stuff like is decent, but not, not fantastic. So I'm, I'm giving it a three. Uh, the listeners are between us, Zach, at a 3.13, uh, leaving this episode at a 3.11. All right. One of the lower episodes in a while, I feel like. Yeah, definitely one of the lower episodes in a while. Looking back, uh, I believe, yep, this is the second lowest episode of season two. Uh, the desert wow. was lower at 2.85. So the desert was like considerably lower, but this is, this is the, the lowest one yet. Wow. Uh, or since then. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting after we like finish up, uh, with the next two weeks. Yeah, maybe to go over the schedule quickly for, for people who want to like watch along. We're, we're going to do, um, the guru and crossroads of destiny as two separate episodes. So next week we'll just be going over, uh, the guru, even though on Netflix they are, uh, listed together. And then after that, we'll probably do some season recap and then apparently we'll do a, a brand steel type thing. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to do like the season recap, uh, where we can talk about the episode rankings, like, I do think that I agree with a lot of like where our rankings are, but it'll be interesting to see like, you know, if we're really that down on this episode or if we think it's like better than an episode like the swamp, for example. Yeah, that's true. We can compare it to some like season one episodes. I didn't think of that. Yeah. I mean, and every episode is going to be better than bottom of the water tribe. That's oh yeah. A hundred percent. I should have given that a zero in hindsight. That should have been like my one and only zero, <laughs> but oh, well. uh, Oh, well, can't go back now. (laughs) Yeah, it is too late. What can you Um, do? All right. Well, so episodes of 3.11, the fight for me is significantly higher. Uh, I think this fight's like very fun. It's very action packed. You get a lot of stuff in the air with Appa. Uh, You get Katara showing that she's a badass. You get Toph absolutely wrecking these people. You have Aang doing like some of his part. You don't have Sokka getting involved in the fight, so that's, like, a little bit worse. But I really do think this is just, like, an epic onslaught to the palace. I'm giving this a 3.55. I can't quite give it a 3.6, but I do just genuinely think it's a good fight. Uh, Zach, where are you? I'm going to give it a 3.7. I think you described it well. Just this onslaught on the pa- on the palace, just them wrecking shop on their way to the Earth King. Toph just decimating these Dai Li agents like dominoes. Aang just jumping down and like earth bending and able taking out like 20 men by himself. Katara jumping off the ice ramp and water whipping everybody. Now, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed this fight. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a 3.7 out of 4. Wow. Well, we have our second lowest uh, episode, uh, and I believe we have our second highest rated fight all in the same episode. Wow. There you Um, go. Yeah. Only behind the one where uh, Azula takes on everyone in season two, book eight, the chase, uh, when she's like fighting everyone in that abandoned town. Yeah, that was a great fight. I I can picture that in my head still. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's always pretty interesting. I feel like this is a trend that we've noticed, actually. Like, when the fight is really good, the episode generally, uh, like, lags a bit. Yeah, maybe it's because they put a lot of their resources into these big fight sequences. These are, like, fight sequences like this are harder to animate. So then the rest of the episode might kind of seem, like, stagnant in comparison. So yeah, I can see that that's a good trend you notice. And I think, like, if you're going to have a big fight, like, you don't have a ton of other, like, really important plot things to get to. Like, you probably aren't, like, 
you know, doing a big, like, uh, revelation in the, like, uh, middle of the episode or having a good character moment. Cause, like, you do have those, like, five or six minutes devoted to the fight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, there you go. Uh, no listener feedback this week, but as always, you can write in avatar at poshowrecaps.com with your listener feedback or tweet at us at poshowrecaps. You can also smash those five stars, uh, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or poshowrecaps.com slash ATLA. Um, anything I missed, Zach? No, you got it all, Jacob. Wow. Well, great. That was another episode of Aang in there. Thank you so much for coming along with the ride, uh, especially like, as we wrap up season two. I am just like very happy that we've gotten to do this. Uh, it's very fun to podcast with you, Zach. Oh, thanks, Jacob. It's very fun to podcast with you as well. You follow me on Twitter at ZachMohammed32. And where can the fans follow you, Jacob? People can follow me on Twitter at JK Redman. Uh, thank you all so much for coming on this podcast journey with us. Uh, until next time. See ya. Peace out. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.